Thanks for dialing in to I Just Called to Say, the comedic reliving and truth-telling podcast where guests call in to confront and set the record straight and or possibly say thank you. Hosted by Colleen Rass and yours truly, Megan Pew Pew. You can keep up with our shenanigans at I Just Called to Say podcast on Instagram and Facebook. I'm coming to you from my best friends in NYC penthouse as Colleen is out and about shopping in Philly and Shelly, our EP, is back south chatting it up with presidential candidate Marianne Williamson. Let's give these ladies a ring. I just called to say Remember when I just called to say Thank you for that time I just called to say what had happened was really hi can i talk to colleen (laughs) (laughs) and for the past two times my mom's been like she has her homework Megan. (laughs) oh my god one time i lost my cell phone in college so i had to get a landline and ariana called me to invite me out and my sister was in town and shelly picked up the phone she was like um it's a school night and she legit hung up on her (laughs) she was like nope bye I was like, hey! <laughs> I'm really cool. My family's so fun. Continue to hang out with me. It'll be great. Okay. Uh, what's new in your life, boo? Oh, my God. Uh, it's like... Oh, you sounded so Jewish when you said it like that. You're oh, my God. Yeah. You like a New Yorker. Yeah, I've just been living in Philly for a year and a half, so I've met a Jew. <laughs> a two. <laughs> Here I am. Um, I'm, it, I feel like I have all of these updates, and then when I start to, like think about what's going on in my life it's truly nothing a Trader Joe's opened like a block away from me so that's like the biggest update that I have um oh my god they opened up a Wegmans here in Brooklyn and people are freaking out do you know about yeah I actually read about that because it was like they were saying how like everyone goes to the city to get away from the suburbs and then when like suburban things come near them they like freak out because it's like a comfort (laughs) of home and I was like oh I just resonated so much because I'm like you're like Trader Joe's. <laughs> That'd be so true. Because I'm just like, like literally yesterday, I was, I have to like run an errand. Um, it's freezing now, as I'm sure you're enjoying. Girl, people at the checkout <laughs> line at uh, Century 21, as I'm buying a coat, they're like laughing at me. I'm like, I'm not ready. Megan, we are just soul sisters. Because guess who else is in the Century 21 today? Me. Yes, bitch. <laughs> um, so like, it's so cold. So... I have people coming this weekend and we only have one down comforter and it's like, it's not going to work. Um, like, and it's cold. It's, it's like <laughs> just freezing outside. It's like impossible to keep our apartment warm enough. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go get like a ton of comforters and like just thick, thick blankets. Where was I going? Did you get a this? mini heater? Oh, a mini heater is a great idea. Yeah, you got to get a mini here. Like, like I keep one like basically underneath my desk. Oh my god, that is a great idea. But well, I'm actually supposed to share the heater, but the girl that I sit next to, she's she's aware that I'm hogging it. <laughs> she's she's doing her Christian service by not. She truly is. She's from Florida. I'm like, girl, I know. I'm sorry. It's so <laughs> cold all the time. Yeah, every office is freezing. It's the worst. Um, uh, wait, wait. Where were you going with this? Oh, I, oh, I had some. I had a. I had a point. Oh, I know okay, yeah. trending. Um, okay. Well, I was like, dang. All I need is a Bed Bath and Beyond, and I could get all of my goals accomplished in one felt swoop. 
Instead, with a twenty percent off with discount card. Exactly. Instead, I had to go to a TJ Maxx, a Marshalls, a Century Twenty One, a Brilliant Co. Factory, and the kicker of Ross, which finally had the one kind of blanket I was looking for. Because there's so many shitty blankets out there that I just want a thick. I wanted a thick quilt. You literally hit up all like all the comfort spots yeah. you know what i mean like your suburban comfort spots. i went to them all because you know they always like put them close to each other so i literally just went from one to one i was like you yeah but tj maxx and ross are like sisters yeah marshall's is in the fam too or are, they, or are they like stepsisters I feel are they rivals some people it depends like some people are like a tj maxx marshall's Marshall's Home Goods. I think it depends on like what was in the um, God. Why can't I remember this word? Shopping Plaza mm. in your hometown, like whatever <laughs> two you got. Oh, like the strip yeah, mall. The strip mall. Yeah. Whichever two you got, like that's like a family to you. Um, Where does Steinmart fit in? Ooh, Steinmart has like an old Florida vibe to it. It's like the grandma of them all. It is the grandma. Because there's like kind of, it's like almost a department store when you walk in. It's like a weird cold. Yeah. They like want to keep like the designer section like roped off. Yeah. You're like, okay, we see. But there's still like so much luggage. So much luggage. I'm pretty sure that my Kathy Van Zeeland cheetah print luggage came from a Steinmart. Oh, my DVF studio from show came from a a Steinmark. I got it for graduation. Oh I feel like you need to like give us a suggestion of some sort because you always have the best suggestions. Like last episode, you said something about renter's insurance. Oh, lemonade. Which, yeah, so good. Yeah, you you've referenced. I mean, also speaking of, um, Marble Smith Maisel is coming back, and you recommended that to me. Oh yeah, Instacart. Everyone knows you told me about Instacart. <laughs> like Just you're full of all the good suggestions. Oh, I'm trying to think. Mm. Like now that you're like on this like shopping spree today, do you have any suggestions? Do I have any suggestions? Um, but my biggest thing, and I'm sorry, Megan, this is for the white ladies out there, is that <laughs> for dry shampoo, you should buy it at a TJ Maxx or Marshalls. I don't know if a lot of people do that, but mm. you can get the cans that are twice the size as they are in the drugstore for half the price. So. No, sisters need to be using dry shampoo, too, because if you have braids in your hair, you need to get something. Really? Okay, great. Yeah. Well, you should use... Mm-hmm. I mean, I only buy it from TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Home Goods. Is it like... Um, does it make your hair turn gray? Does it give that appearance? Um, That's the worst kind of dry shampoo. See, I kind of have a, a blessing in this situation because my... Because you're natural, blonde. Yeah, exactly. And it's like... I have like an ashy-ness to the... <laughs> like my brown blonde is like almost it's not gray but like I don't have like yellow blonde hair does that make sense you called your hair ashy there's like I don't know I'm dead that's so funny you called you said do you eat the food at Marshall's I want to but I have a perpetual fear that it's all stale or it has mold on it I'm always so tempted, but I'm like, it's like a weird thing where I'm like, oh, I don't do that. Like, it's like, <laughs> exactly. I don't go there. I'm like, ooh, those um, artisanal beet chips look great. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I'm, I'm like, but I'm not buying them. Consistently do that where I'm like, oh, they'll be like rainbow belts. And I'm like, oh, those rainbow belts look so good. But mm-hmm. 
it's like why would they be stale there's like no reason for them to be stale but it just feels like i'm like the fact that y'all keep like clothes here for so long (laughs) i feel like that is true food is the same they do have like now popcorn tins i would do okay Mm -hmm. they do have like pyrex bowls (laughs) you know i've been there for like eight years (laughs) you're just like you can see the dust yeah (laughs) it's not great Um, oh my god today i saw a photo of a s'mores popcorn in a tin and I can't stop thinking about it. I'm like, that's probably what exists at a TJ Maxx. Okay, this is probably going to be more controversial than any political opinion I could possibly share. But I feel like Ooh. I'm going to save space. Don't like s'mores mm-hmm. flavored this things. This is. <gasps> mm-hmm. <sighs> i double down. I just called to say I'm judging you. It's okay. Because <laughs> I'm about to make it worse. I don't even like s'mores that oh, much. Shit. Unless over an open fire and I'm camping. Oh. So you will partake in a s'more if it's in its organic state. Yes. Okay. You just like organic s'mores. Yeah. Free range. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. I love s'mores anything. S'mores. Uh, there's like a s'mores candy bar that I love. Mm. I own like four s'mores makers. Why do you have four s'mores makers? Because they make them. There's different models. There's one that's almost like a panini <laughs> press for your s'mores. There's one that's like a little bit more open flamed, you know, mm-hmm. there's like a, mm-hmm. a grill almost. Exactly. You just put like one of those like candles that you put yes. under like a Catering. serving tray. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's legit. That was actually the first one I got. Uh, but yeah, I freaking love s'mores. Wow. So you are the uh, anti-s'mores party. I see your political stance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's probably our most partisan issue at this point because... <laughs> I'm just not, I'm, I'm not whelmed by them. I'm extremely meh. S'mores party. S'mores S'more party. on. Okay. So that's, what's happening in that's South That's our Carolina? campaign name. Give us a what's little bit of update South on the home front. Well, neither one of us are in South Carolina at the moment, but we've got our executive producer live on the streets. We've got Shelly with political Democratic candidate, Marianne Williamson. I'm a mother, I'm a writer. I'm a woman who cares. I am someone who realizes that we're on this earth to love each other, that that's all that's going on here. And that while I'm not a perfect person, has dedicated my life and my career to putting that idea into practice, both in terms of individuals and larger systems, which is why I'm running for president of the United States. I am not a caricature, a wacky crystal lady <laughs> that has been created in the press. I'm anything but that. He just called to say, so I lied when. And she just called to say, so why would you do that? We just called to say, that really changed my life. Pick, pick, up your phone. All right, everyone. Thank you. And welcome back to another episode of I Just Called to Say. I am here today with the esteemed honor of having a conversation with presidential candidate Marianne Williamson. Marianne, thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So how 
How long has the journey been so far uh, since you announced your candidacy? I think I announced in January. Oh, so this has been an intense year. Yes, it has been a very intense year. Okay, so I, um, of course I did my research and I, hats off to you because you are a very, very accomplished woman. And I was like, these are like the goals that I have set for my life, you know? So um, it's an honor to be able to sit here and talk to you. Thank you. Um, uh, guys, she is not only just running for presidency, she is a multi best-selling author. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you're a, pa a former pastor, yes. right? Um, and so let's talk about that for a minute. So how has um, your spirituality play into politics? Does it work together or do you have to keep them separate? Well, spirituality is not religion. Spirituality is not dogma. Spirituality is the path of the heart. And I think that when you're not following the path of the heart, you're in dysfunction. And that's true for an individual, but it's also true for a country. Public policy should be guided <clears throat> by compassion, mm -hmm. just like individual behavior should be guided by compassion. How can you be a country, the richest country in the world, and have 13 million hungry children, 100,000 homeless children, millions of children who go to school every day because we base our uh, educational funding primarily on property taxes. You have millions of American children who go to school every day in classrooms that don't even have the adequate school supplies with which to teach a child to read. And if a child can't learn to read by the age of eight, the chances of high school graduation is drastically decreased mm -hmm. and the chances of incarceration is drastically increased. Where is the heart there? Where is the morality there? There's no public morality there. So whether it has to do with rescuing millions of chronically traumatized children, where it, whether it has to do with paying reparations for slavery, which is a major pillar of my campaign, because you can't go forward in your life as a nation any more than as an individual if you're not willing to clean up the past. Mm -hmm. Shelly was like, uh, this woman is really woke and I'm pretty sure she taught me a thing or two. <laughs> I love that. It has to do with the fact that we need to be as proactive in waging peace as we are now proactive in preparing for war. All of these issues have to do with bringing public policy back into alignment with the dictates of the heart. I love that, absolutely. Um, because so often I hear people say that, um, you know, it's separate. You know, and I've always thought, well, if you're a spiritually guided person, then it guides every aspect of your life, you know. So um, I'm really glad to hear you say that um, well, because it also, makes so much sense. Also, every, the words, many people are spiritually guided who do not use that word. Mm -hmm. If you're guided by integrity, if you're guided by character, if you're guided by love, if you're guided by mercy, if you're guided by a sense of justice, if you're guided by a sense of conscience, how can you say that has nothing to do with politics? That's why we are where we are. It's a soulless, amoral economic system that is now in cahoots with a government establishment which relies upon that soulless economic system for its, its donations. And Keeping, this, keeping a separation between what is good mm -hmm. and what we're doing as a country is, is no less malfunctional than keeping a, it separate what am I doing personally and what is good. Right. I totally agree. Um, and so you talked a little bit about uh, paying your repro um, 
reformations to refer i'm sorry i'm tongue-tied <laughs> to the african-american community um do you already have a plan in yes. place for that and yeah. if so could you explain it to us my plan is for $500 billion to be dispersed over a period of 20 years. And the money would be dispersed to a council, a reparations council, made of ADOS uh, leadership from culture, from business, uh, from religion, from academia, from politics. And these people would be assigned to the task of dispersing this money, whether it is historical black colleges, venture capital for uh, uh, black businesses, um, anti-gentrification measures. White people should not be making that decision. That's part of the power of it. If I owe you money, I don't get to tell you how to spend it. Mm -hmm. The stipulation on the part of the U.S. government would be that the money is to be used for purposes of economic and educational renewal. So now let me ask you this. Where would those funds come from? Well, first of all, I remind you that th that money is an economic stimulus. First of all, let's talk about what that money is. Okay. I suggested $500 billion over a period of 20 years. We pay $760 billion a year right now in our military spending. And that's hundreds of billions of dollars over what the military says that they need. I want to repeal the 2017 tax cut that gave 83 cents of every dollar to the richest individuals and corporations. $2 trillion. Although I think we should put back in the middle class tax cuts. We should stop the corporate loopholes, uh, excuse me, subsidies, uh, such as uh, those whereby we paid $26 billion alone last year to oil and gas. Martin Luther King used to say if they give it to uh, rich people, they call it a subsidy. If they give it to poor people, they call it a handout. Mm -hmm. That's all that a subsidy is. It's just a handout uh, to rich people who don't need it. We need to uh, negotiate for lower drug prices. The U.S. government should be able to uh, negotiate for lower drug prices with the um, uh, with pharmaceutical companies. We need to cut the military spending in the ways that I said. We need a 3% tax on the assets of people with a billion and over. And we need a 2% tax on, on assets of over 50 million. We do those things and then we have the kind of money we need. But I also want to point out, as I said before, reparations is a stimulus. If you're putting money into uh, educational and, and economic renewal for any portion of the population, the entire population wins. There was a recent study that established if black families made as much money as white families, our economy would be $1.5 trillion larger. Wow. Just as Martin Luther King said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere, mm -hmm. justice anywhere uplifts the human condition everywhere. Right. Because right. all that happens, if, if, if you have more money to spend, it's in the system. I don't think that you walk into a store and say, I'm only going to shop here if it's owned by a black person. Mm -mm. No, that's not how life works. That's right. So whoever has more money in their pocket can, can do more with their lives, expanding economic opportunity for others, and more purchasing power, which uplifts everyone. That's where money comes from. Money comes from the creativity and the productivity of the American people. So when you say, where's the money going to come from? Remember, when, you, when you're talking about something like reparations, this is an investment in people. And compare that $500 billion over 20 years to the $2 trillion tax cut to the very richest. When the whole idea, of course, was that they create jobs, and we know the evidence is to the contrary. Yes, and that was another thing I wanted to ask you about, because you mentioned... Um uh, creativity and innovation um, among businesses. So do you, what do you have in place or do you have any ideas of how to help um, small businesses? Because a lot of times government helps out 
well, it seems as if the government <clears throat> is helping out large corporations. It doesn't just seem. Okay. It does. Okay. <clears throat> and so let's talk about what that is. If you look at the number of jobs created by large corporations, it's this high. Mm -hmm. And then you look at the number of jobs created by small businesses, it's a number just underneath that. Wow. But the illusion is we have to give subsidies and all this help to these large corporations because they're creating jobs. They don't create jobs at greater number than small businesses do. But what they do is they are able to give more corporate donations to politicians okay. than small businesses do. That's why this is just one more area where we have to get the money out of politics. That's the underlying, that's the cancer that underlies everything else. So when you talk about uh, big corporations that get all the money, look at what they are. They're health insurance companies, they're big pharmaceutical companies, they are gun manufacturers, they are oil and gas, they're chemical, and they're defense contractors. Big pharmaceutical companies lobbied Congress last year alone to the tune of $284 million. So it's, it's all this quid pro quo. It's a legalized system of bribery in this country. So what we need to do is stop all that, mm -hmm. give the tax cuts where they should be, and another thing that will really help is free is is free health care. Another thing that will really help is free college. Another thing that will really help is getting out from under these college loans. Because when you talk about these small businesses in economic trouble, part of their struggle is health care. Yes. Part of their struggle is people who are worried how they're going to pay their, for the kids to go to college. Mm -hmm. And part of their struggle is how they themselves are going to get out from under these college loans. And part of the struggle, and this is a very big issue, is how many of those people in business even who work at those businesses don't really want to work at that business. That's not really where their heart belongs. But they have to work at that business because it has health, health benefits. Or they have to work at that business because they feel it's the best way for them to pay off their college loans. Which means they're not bringing their full self to yes, the job. Right. So you have less happiness in employers, less happiness in employees. That which depresses the human spirit ultimately depresses the economy. I definitely can identify um, as that as an entrepreneur and small business owner Thank myself. Thank you. You know, so that's why I really wanted to ask that question. <clears throat> um, and so I also want to ask this. Um, so most of our audience is between the ages of 19 and probably about 37. Okay, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I don't know much about politics at all. Like, don't get me wrong. I watch MSNBC every once in a while, but usually I'm watching the Today Show for my news. Mm -hmm. You know, so I don't really know much. And also my politics or like my political party, it totally varies. Like I think if a candidate came across in any party and I liked them, honestly, if a candidate came across and their outfit was fly, I'd probably vote for that too. Yeah, I, can like, I, could, I could. I feel pretty open to being swayed um, as well. You know what? I, I just have to keep like an open mind because these past couple of years, I feel like I got to a place where I was like very just narrow minded, not as open minded as I could be, just kind of like judgy. Like, I'm going to be honest. I just called to say I was really judgy of some people of like political things. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know what? That's not a way to live. You got to lean across the aisle. I think that there's like a part of young adulthood that I definitely have like dabbled with where it just feels really great to be righteous for the first time when you're like, I'm an adult and this is how I feel. Um, and you're like an activist about everything you feel like. Yeah, and like that muscle is still definitely something that I will bring out to play from now and like, <laughs> you know, have a plastic straw around me and I'll just give you an earful. But, you know, I kind of like yes. have to be able to laugh at myself within that too. Be like, okay. For sure. Um, but there was definitely like a time when I was. Um, so with that younger demographic, this will be their first election that they can vote in. So we've got 
even within that, we've got kind of like two different types of people that I've kind of run into. So those that feel like they don't necessarily want to get into the politics because it's messy. So they're on the fence if they should vote or not. So how do you pitch to them that it is in their best interest for them and for the country to vote? Well, first of all, just be very clear. That's how we got Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. So if you think that's okay, (laughs) then just continue to not vote. That's how we got Donald Trump. Too many people, the best and the brightest in America, the people who should be the biggest voices in what goes on in our society, have become chronically politically disengaged over the last few decades because it's so toxic. Mm -hmm. But the more they left, the more toxic it became, which made people even more turned off, which Mm -hmm. made it even more toxic because it was left to people who were only talking about it from a soulless perspective. Okay. Meanwhile, we're soulful people. That's right. They're talking about it from a 20th century perspective, but we're 21st century people. So everybody's just rolling their eyes and saying, I don't want anything to do with that. But look at where that took us. No one needs to have that explained to them now. We have Donald Trump for president. If you think that's, that's not dangerous, then this hey. Is true. If you think it's dangerous, know that we need to go back into politics. But what I'm doing with my campaign is I'm saying we're going back there, but not to play their game. We're going back there to transform the game so that it becomes a dance, which is what it should be. Okay. I like that. So let me just give you a little um, a little bit about I Just Called to Say. Um, so this show, it, it covers every aspect of life uh, for the most part. So what we allow is a platform for people to kind of recap things they've been through um, while bringing light to situations. So we actually have callers um, or viewer listeners who will call in and recount something. And then they will call that person to see if the stories add up. Right. Um, Or they will call someone to thank them, someone that might have helped them and they never actually showed their gratitude. Or they will call to confront someone like this has been on my chest for the past. I don't know how many years and I want to get it off. Uh, If you could call anyone um, in politics, whether it's past or politics. Yeah. Or let's see. We could do it either way. I'm saying politics because, you you know, we're running for president right now. Okay. Um, But you can have your pick. So I just want you to say, I just called to say, so tell us who it is. I just called to say, and what it is that you would like to say. Um, a person who's alive. I mean, it's, it doesn't have to be because it's a fictional call anyway, mm-hmm. right? To Martin Luther King and to Bobby Kennedy, I called to say thank you. And we're doing our best, so many of us, to keep alive and carry forward the ideas that you brought forth when you were here. Well, I really want to thank you for your time. I know you're busy, you're campaigning, so I don't want to take up any more of your time because I could talk to you all day. Yeah, thank you for the depth of your question and the depth of conversation. Thank you. Absolutely. Are there any last remarks you have? Um, How can we get in touch with you and follow you on your campaign trail? Oh, thank you. People can get in touch with my campaign at Marianne, M-A-R-I-A-N-N-E, Marianne2020.com. Um, and I would uh, would love the support of anybody who feels like supporting. We need donations. We need volunteers. We need people who are ready to have a deeper conversation about children, about peace building, about race, about all of the things that my campaign brings to the fore. Absolutely. And well, register to vote. Make sure you vote. Vote for me. <laughs> Thank you so Thank much you. for your time. I'd given Shelly some questions. I was like, can you ask her this? But then Shelly was like, you know, it was like 
a serious moment. She's like, I didn't want to like discount this woman and like give her like yeah. jokey talking points. And I was like, that's that's a good point. Yeah. She's trying like, to run for president. She's a she doesn't have time for that. <laughs> she got time for that. Meanwhile, I'm like, I just called to say, um <laughs> but she did she did put in a I just called to say, so that's good. One of the questions I was gonna ask her was I just called to say who's the first president you voted for? And if you could call in, confront, or set the record straight on something with them, what would it be in relation to their politics? Ooh, you know, that's a good one. I thought it was too, but then, you know, I'm not like an MSNBC correspondent, and I didn't realize you can't ask people who they voted for. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> like a whole thing with like, you know, I mean, you can ask like your friends and like personal opinion, but like you can't ask like a political person. Ugh. Interesting. Right? I'm like, I voted for Obama. I'm I'm young. Like, that was the first person I got to vote yeah. for. It was, like, part of the day. Like, it was, like, woke up, mm-hmm. listened to Kid Cudi. Yes, girl. Like, fake longboarded somewhere. <laughs> Did you say fake longboarded? Yeah. Like, went from a place to a place, held a longboard at some point. Didn't actually ride the longboard at any time. You're on your faking in Florida. What's this when you're in Florida? Yeah. Oh wait, I have a political question to ask you. Oh yes. Um, have you engaged in the chicken chicken sandwich wars? Oh, Popeyes versus Chick Fil A. <laughs> yes. I have not. Just because. I realize this is like so vapid. Where do you land on that? Where do I land on it? I'm Chick-fil-A all day because you want to know something? Chick-fil-A is putting the holy water in their chicken. That's all I'm going to say. And, I, and I'm here for it. Whereas I feel like the Popeye's grills, you know, that's like, nothing's good is going on that grill. It's not, it's not mm-hmm. anointed. You know, I don't like, you know. Mm-hmm. You're saying Chick-fil-A has got on their side. Yeah. It, Chick-fil-A is like kosher. That's what, you know, it's, it's anointed kosher. <laughs> it's southern kosher. Yes. That's okay. what I'm trying to say. Whereas Popeyes, they serve that out in the West Coast, and you, you know, the West Coast is just full of sin. We all know that, Colleen. Yeah, yeah, it's like owned by the same people that do like, I think Taco Bell or Del Taco, one or the other. I mean, granted, you know, a lot of like Chick Fil A people are like very, very extreme. I won't put a name on them, but you know. I, I don't but I don't think I about that one eating. <laughs> I don't think about that when I'm eating my uh chicken biscuit. <laughs> okay, well fresh fresh take over here. Wow, so many so many points of contention. I know. Um it makes me like so sick. Kind of always has, but I always was just like I don't know, I'm just like kind of like have diarrhea all the time here. <laughs> And I just thought it was like me, but then I was also eating Chick Fil A consistently throughout my life because it was there in the south. Yeah, yeah, and it's like even if it'd be like a party platter at like a tailgate, it's just like always was just it's just always around. Yeah. I don't know like a better way to describe this to people that don't live in the south. It's just like even if you don't go to Chick Fil A, Chick Fil A comes to you. Yeah, like if you're gonna go to someone's house, they're gonna serve you like a plethora of food on their kitchen island, and a catering platter of chicken nuggets from Chick Fil A will be there. Yes, you're gonna go to a baby shower, and you're gonna say chicken. Night. There might be like the wrap, right? So I was just like always eating it, and I'm like in college, like my boyfriend would be like, oh, "I love Chick Fil A," and I'd be like, "Yeah, me too," because like I'm from the south, and it was like a thing, you know, which was like a thing to like it, <laughs> and I just so I just kept eating it, and then eventually, like 
sometime when I was living in Charleston, I was able to like identify the like direct link. You're like Chick Fil A is um, not on my side. Yeah, I was like something is wrong, and then I was like, oh, maybe it's just Chick Fil A sauce. And then I was like, okay, not just Chick Fil A sauce. And then I was like, maybe it's just the sauces from Chick Fil A. I tried every iteration of this shit. I was like, oh, maybe it's the drinks. Like maybe it's the ice. Like <laughs> the ice. <laughs> And I was like, eventually, it's just the chick, the chicken from Chick Fil A. <laughs> but how do you feel about Popeyes? I feel pretty good about it. <gasps> okay, okay. How do you feel about Bojangles? Let's go back to the south. Oh, Bojangles is for sure the number one choice. Okay, 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 okay. Just had to make sure. You like the Popeyes chicken sandwich. Hmm. And I think it's because I'm a bit of a bandwagoner, and I also had it after eating like half a pizza. <laughs> did you wait in line? Did you have to wait in a long line to get it? Wait in a very long line. How long was the line? It was to the door. <laughs> now, I just want y'all to know at Chick Fil A, the line can be wrapped around the building, and they will still get you out in ten minutes because they oh, got man, it down so to a science. Not so not so much at Popeyes, not to surprise anybody here, but <laughs> they're they're probably so ignorant over there as to what to do with a long line. I just think yeah, they were definitely hit with a surprise. Um and they also had a sign on the door that said they didn't have any more sandwiches, but then they <laughs> were serving the sandwiches, so it was like you kind of just had to know to stay. Um, but I, I really did like it. I, I, I like your suggestions and you're really good at campaigning. So I might dabble in that political party. I might try the sandwich now. You at least have to try it. At least have to try it. There's a Chick-fil-A here. So that's good. It's close to my office. I might, I might do a taste test and do one of each. I, I mean, that one just, a Chick-fil-A just opened somehow closer to the Trader Joe's that I was just talking about. <laughs> They're trying to make your area home for someone. Yeah. They're like really honing in. They're like, you know what? And I'm just the yeah. burbs are coming to Philly. There is here. Thank you for dialing in to I Just Called to Say. You can subscribe and binge listen three seasons of our show just about anywhere podcasts can be heard. That's right. Listen while you work. Listen while you twerk. Okay? Okay. I'll call you later. Beep beep.